We are geek-centric, and you can be too. It's a magical day, geeks, and welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast. My name is Nate, and in today's episode, we're breaking down all the marvelous and magical news from Disney's Investor Day 2020 bombshell presentation that caused all of our brains to explode like all three Death Stars. <laughs> but <Three> first, Death Stars? <laughs> aren't there three Death Stars? There are, right? Well, there's one <laughs> of them, not really. Anyways. Kind of. But know. first, <laughs> sorry, let me. But first, if you're joining us for the first time, this is a weekly show, sometimes, kind of, maybe, covering the world of film, television, gaming, toys, and collectibles, and all things geek centric. Joining me for today's episode, we have the gestational Jafar of the Jungle Cruise, Justin. Okay, I, I approve of that one. At least one of the well, Jafar was a nickname I had in high school, oddly enough. So, oh really? You kind of <laughs> yeah. look like him. You kind of look. No, I know it was a racial thing. It was definitely yeah. one of those racial <laughs> stereotypes that were were like a nickname. But and because I had joining... thick eyebrows, right? So now I get the Eugene Levy or Dan Levy like sort of uh, connection with the eyebrows, but not so much the and Jafar. The glasses but that was too. good. Yeah, there the you glasses, go. Yeah. There you go. There you go. And joining us once again. Hot off our previous episode of Watch Club, The Mandalorian, we have none other than the Doctor Strange of Disney Dynamic Details, Darcy Hudson. Whoa, I like I'll that. I'll take that as well. That's also a good one. <laughs> Bravo. Good I name. Mean, you, you, Darcy, you look kind of strange. You're, you're, you know, I get that Doctor Strange persona from you. Would oh, that no, be that's the first thing people take away when they see me is, that guy's weird. So yep. I'll take it. I love <laughs> it. That guy comes it. from some sort of multiverse. Well, guys, listen, this... this I mean, I felt like I was in a multiverse with this crazy, insane amount of news that came out of all of this. Yes. Um, guys, before we dive in <laughs> to all of it, I want to know, because let's just get straight to it. We, I know we normally do watch you We normally do, you know, the banter, but we got so much no, to talk about. No, we ain't got time for that. Yeah, we, we don't got, got time to, for Ain't that. nobody yeah. got time for that. <laughs> so, guys, we are going to jump in. But just before we dive into all that news, I want to know, high-level overview, starting with Justin, what did you think of the presentation? How it was rolled out? Uh, did you, you know, did you, did your, did your brain melt? Were you, did you have a headache by the end of it, like I did? <laughs> uh, what, what were your overall thoughts? Well, I, you know what? It, the initial like response of everything coming in was just you know uh, tweets and and things on social media that I was seeing, and everything was just popping up like live as it was going. But there was no formal presentation to it. So then after I did some digging and I actually found the, some of the stream online. Uh, I guess, which wasn't supposed to be done because this is reserved for specific people. So I was able right. to at least watch the Marvel and the Lucasfilm uh, versions of this presentation. And they were epic. Like, I wish this was actually streamed to everyone. Like, I, th I wish they had used Disney Plus as a way to say, this is how we're going to get this information out. It's not just for investors, but it is for the bigger audience. Because these are like, I, I consider myself an investor, even though I don't own stocks. I mean, we're I mean, all like, investors. Yeah, Come on. Right? The amount of money we put into this. 
money at this point. Yeah. Exactly. So, so we're consumers, definitely. So I think a lot of the information for us is so much more like I was freaking out with some of the news that was dropping. Um, but, you know, like I, I, I think this kind of goes to explain why uh, HBO Max and, and WB earlier this week, which was news that we kind of talked about in uh, outside conversations. But, you know, they announced this week that they're going to be releasing their theatrical movies uh, on on HBO Max at the same time, yeah. and this has gotten a lot of directors and filmmakers and, and and theaters even in general just very upset about how Warner Brothers is is handling this whole situation. But you know Disney has has kind of just played showed their a huge hand in what their future is going to be, and that is. Uh, streaming and interconnectivity and, uh, you know, not relying on just theaters. They have their own uh, platform that they can do a lot with and really make it a very special thing. And, you know, it's so funny after the investor thing they announced, they're increasing the prices. So, you know, there's oh, intention really? here. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's going up to $8 a month in the U.S. Yeah. Um, so and that's in, in March of 2021. Uh, and I think that's 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 bound to happen. Um, I don't mind that. The overall presentation that we that we were able to at least see parts of, it, it was great. It was actually really uh, refreshing to see because I feel like Marvel and Lucasfilm have been very quiet this year, even with everything going on with the pandemic. Yeah. It was really nice to see some of the forefront of the plans that they have moving forward for the future with Disney+. Plus. Um, so I'm super excited. Like I can't we're, wait to talk to you guys about what, what, was, what was discussed in this presentation because oh, it sounds we'll, awesome. We'll get to it. I just, I, I need to ask though. I mean, you know, I think you're right though, sorry. In in lieu of a D23, I think mm-hmm. this being on Disney Plus as a public event would have been really, really cool. One of the things they did do is they did release it as a stream. You can actually look it up. It's not on YouTube, I believe. Parts of it are on YouTube that were captured. But officially, I think they have an actual Disney Investors website. Um, and uh, and that's I got a document, a, a PDF document from that website, which is what oh, I'm cool. going to be referencing throughout the night tonight. Um, awesome. But uh, or, or today or when are you listening to this? Whenever you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> but but uh, I, I mean, the big thing that really bugged me about that stream though and again I get it it was for investors but every single moment you know especially I think the big one that really hurt me uh, and we'll talk about the Obi-Wan you know thing when we get to it but the fact that they were just like and now a sneak peek and it just cuts away to oh, the amount of times it did that was so annoying. Oh, it was so and frustrating I feel like investors don't aren't the ones who want to see that stuff they're, they're exactly. happy to hear the title and be like yep yeah, take the money we'll, we trust you guys but right like, it's what kind of taunting what? to see two minutes count down. You're like, oh, two minutes I'm not going to see for a couple other months. Or like, what, do you, what do you think is the reason for not showing this uh, publicly? I feel like it's probably very rough footage. Like They even said for that Lando one that it was it was a, a clip reel to give the idea of what the, the vibe of the series is going to be. So it's yeah. not going to be anything with the characters. It'll be more just like giving, again, setting the idea or feel for these series. So mm-hmm. I think it's also material that is very subject to change. So they don't yeah, want to yes. necessarily put all of their eggs in the basket. Like I was thinking about this after, like in a day and age where, you know, the fans are the ones that really want to see, like you're saying, Darcy, this material more so than the investors. Um, I think the idea for the investors is to at least put their mind in the idea of like what the mood or, or the, 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 the look or feel of this. They have a plan, what plan, the plan going forward. Will exactly. Be, yeah, but it is subject. Like. It is subject to change. Whereas I think if you go like full cards in, you you know what I mean? Like, you know, you're, you're making promises. What you're, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Right. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, just like how HBO made all those promises that they now can't walk back as much as a bunch of people. Well, they can, to. they can definitely walk back, but they could, they, they, they did stipulate like HBO, like the, the, the Warner brothers thing, they, they stipulated for 2021, 
right? And I yeah. think it is like presumable for foreseeable future, but like at least for 2021, because theater, it's not, it, the, the world's not the same after this yeah. whole thing, right? Like yeah. it's, there, there has to be an adaptive sort of way. And like, I'm not saying, I still want to go see Christopher Nolan movies in theaters. I still want to go see Dune in theaters, but right. I, I, I just think, and I, I know that that's how I want to experience it. I get though that these filmmakers are very disgruntled though about you know the approach to how their 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 art is being handled, um, and what they signed up for essentially right, right? like they want yeah. the theater experience so yeah, I get it but they need to adapt everyone needs to adapt and think creatively about these new times yeah and and I mean I think we're gonna see uh, a lot of that played out on Disney Plus guys let's get right into it. Let's start off with talking about, uh, I mean, the beginning of phase four essentially is less than 30 days away. WandaVision launching on Disney Plus January 15th, 2021 uh, will be the first series that continues to expand the MCU. Uh, Wanda Maximoff and Vision uh, are two superpowered beings living in an idealized suburban, you know, their idealized suburban lives, but everything is not as it seems, guys. Um I mean, we've already had a few trailers, teaser and then a regular trailer, and now we've got a second trailer for this. Guys, let's dive into that trailer. Um, Justin, what did you think of that latest WandaVision trailer? It it gave you a lot more of the impression that she's trapped. Whatever we're about to watch is like a trapped world that she's in. I think we were talking about this last time uh, in regards to the House of M. Uh, mm-hmm. Comics, uh, the storyline in that and the comic series. So um, there's a lot of symbolism. The, the trailer does a lot to set us up for yeah. what we're about to see. We just don't know why we're seeing it, like what yes. what the circumstances of the situation are. I watched that trailer and got really excited because I finally I, I feel like I understand what might be going on. Just the main character, that one quick flash of seeing Cat Denning's character back in the MCU, made me realize that this is like this is clearly a paranormal event that has people's attention. So that's why, why else would she be around if she's worked with the professor who was studying Norse mythology and worked so closely with Thor? Like she is into this whole paranormal aspect. And so I feel like this, the show is either Wanda has been approached to either help a society or like a, a town or whatever that has fallen under this weird spell, or she's the cause of the spell herself. Because again, her powers are very reality altering. And that is the, the core fundamental of her powers is she can change reality. Uh, so I can, again, maybe she's having a mental breakdown trying to bring back vision because she's the, he's the one thing that she loves in this world. So seeing maybe this, how it affects the world that she, or the town she's hiding in or something like that, like it's going to be a very, a mental, like it's, it's very much based in Wanda's mental state for sure. So I'm again, very curious about to see how the show is portraying this, this character that is so crazy powerful. Okay. Well, we won't we won't have to wait too long because no. Jeez. Again, January, a month. Yeah, yeah, January 15th is so not that far. And and it, I'm I'm excited. We've seen enough. Let's get into it. Yeah. Let's watch yeah. it. Let's this, see. Again, what this this is trailer did a lot to get me really really hyped for the show that I was kind of like on the fence about. On the fence about, yeah. And yeah. what a great time to announce for anybody listening right now. Uh, just like we've been doing our Watch Club Mandalorian in review, which we've got two more episodes left. And, and listeners, I want to let you guys know we are going to be doing WandaVision Watch Club, uh, which is going to be super, super fun. We are going to be doing that as the episodes are released. I'm assuming they're going to release them weekly. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but, uh, but I'm very stoked for that. Guys, 
after that, in March of uh, 2021, we are going to be getting the Falcon and Winter Soldier, which, based off that trailer, looks it's much more far along. It is a movie. It looks like a movie. It's a movie. We're getting like, six movies or seven movies. How long the season going to be? I'm that the so production stoked. value. Huh. Oh. That flight chase looked so like I'm I'm on board. That's the, that's <laughs> the action they pack into every episode or even every couple episodes. You, they got me hooked. It's not too far in the future either, though, compared to what everything everything else they've announced so far. So like this is stuff that we can look forward to and really have a, a tangible feel of. We're getting this soon. So it was interesting mm-hmm. the way that they kind of um, set up the trailer. And again, I know that trailers aren't always they're meant to sort of. Uh, not reveal too much um, or, or sort of trick us. But, you know, we see the opening of that trailer with Sam standing in the Captain America exhibit. Um, kind of looks like he's going to steal the cap shield just like it, Captain America had to do, sh- right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Um, definitely, definitely trying to go for that vibe. Right. And then we've got that U.S. agent, John Walker, um, who clearly is going to be like the U.S. government's choice for Captain America as the successor. Um I mean, I, we get that callback with him jumping out of the plane. I want to see uh, more of uh, Daniel Bro's character. Uh, it looks Baron. like he's going to be pretty, like almost helping them from the one shot we see in the trailer. Uh, but uh, I got really excited to see another fictional, at least I'm assuming it's the fictional world uh, city of Madripoor brought to life. That's a very big, big city, a very scummy underworld type of a city in oh, cool. the, uh, the Marvel comics. And the one shot of them walking, it, it looks like uh, Zemo's leading Sam and uh, uh, um, Bucky into this city, into the underworld, to try and make a contact with someone. So I'm looking forward to it because Madripoor has huge connotations and associations with Wolverine and more so the X-Men. So oh, seeing wow. them start to explore this this area before we get those characters, I think it'd be really interesting if that's how they start dropping the seeds that, you know, there are mutants <laughs> out there. I just got chills. Darcy, I just got chills. Oh my gosh! There was rumors too that they were trying to find someone to cast as a Wolverine character for <laughs> for the Winter Soldier for the Falcon and Winter Soldier because series. Wolverine again in the comics has a huge association with Captain America. He fought in the war beside him. I mean, again, depending on what comics you read, he was either like right alongside him or fighting in another battle wow. at the same time. Wolverine fought through all the wars, so he has a very strong connection to like a soldier aspect to see to see him join up with two more veterans of of wars it'd be interesting if that's how they decide to introduce mutants through wolverine because again he's probably the most recognizable of of the mutants that we know out of all the places to introduce the x-men into the mcu falcon and winter soldier is not where i thought uh that would be so that would be really wonderful and surprising Again, I could be wrong. It's just seeing that very futuristic, cool. almost no, Blade runner vibe city. That's Madripoor is immediately what it called to mind. If it doesn't happen that way, you're never coming on the show again. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, speaking of kind of, you know, surprising and, and weird, guys, Loki. Uh, we got the Loki trailer. Loki will be coming out on Disney Plus May 2021. Um, guys, of course, this this takes place right after, uh, or right maybe through the events of Avengers Endgame, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. with Tom Hiddleston returning, of course, as Loki. But I, I was stoked to see Owen Wilson uh, going to be joining as Mobius M. Mobius. Um, oh, I'm so okay, Darcy. You seem like you're the most excited of the three of us. Uh, go for it. Sorry, just th- that trailer has me so excited because it 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 is driving home the fact I think that this this phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is 
driving home the multiverse. We're bringing yes. the, between the Spider-Man announcements and then the Loki jumping through time streams. Like this is a Loki that didn't die in Infinity War. He never fought in dark, the in Dark World or uh, in um, in Ragnarok. Like he did that stuff never happened to this guy. So this right, one is right. he is. He is a Loki before he changed for the better. So he still is conniving and scheming as as we loved him when we first saw him. So the fact that he is now being forced to work for this association, at least that's what I'm gathering he is doing. Yeah, yeah the TVA. Yeah. this trailer, the, you don't... Yeah, yeah the, the, the something... Temporal Variation Agency, I believe, is what think, it stands for. I think it's Time Variance Authority. <laughs> I'm something sure you can like come that. up with any... There's, yeah. there's a... I mean, there, there, there's so much to like discuss about that alone. The fact, the fact that they have like a time cop essentially organization that is known so to cool. police this stuff, and he is breaking time by existing and clearly trying to get back. I'm, I'm assuming Mobius has shown him the alternate futures. Like, hey, you died in this future, and maybe he saw that, and once he escapes, he's trying to find Heimdall and Thor. I think he's trying to go back and save them, so they owe him something. Like, there's so much to explore with this Loki trailer that is going on i think the fact that they are making a, a references to db cooper the fact with the, the sunglasses and jumping so out of the plane cool. with all the money i feel like they're going to use this show to explore all the unexplained mysteries of, of our uh, universe of our universe yeah i've watched that trailer probably four or five times and uh when he's announcing when you see him as you know loki vote loki running for the president of the united states in the background of one of those sh- shots you see yeah. the uh, a polybius game and again, i'm not sure if you're familiar with polybius but it was a, a the fictional game that was causing psychosis in people who played it in portland except it never existed so <laughs> there's all these things that they're opening the door so for cool. and are going to tie back to loki is just i cannot wait yeah. to see yeah. where this goes yeah i think Justin, it's your thoughts I, yeah the one thing that stands out to me about this show is 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 marvel's uh uh, like their ability to to take characters and fuse them with just, like genres. So this yeah. this this has such a a weird campy spy thriller, but like very mysterious sort of like element to it. Like it's it it seems like it's going to be tons of fun. Um and yeah I'm 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 actually really excited. This these these three shows that they they showcased you know with with strong trailers, uh, Wandavision. Uh, Falcon and, and Winter Soldier and Loki, they really do feel very grounded and and they know what they are. They know right. what they're. They're all meant separate to be. entities and exactly and they're, doing their own thing. Yeah, exactly. Right, and like that to me is very clear in 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 this sort of offering that they've 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 presented. So, uh, looks really good. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see Owen Wilson in this. I'm so excited. Yeah, he, I, I miss Owen Wilson. Um, yeah, yeah. I, we've also got Sofia DiMartino uh, going to be joining the cast. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a very specific scene I want to quickly just talk about on the trailer where we see what I originally, uh, I think a lot of people thought uh, was, was uh, Black Widow. But, um, but, you know, upon further inspection, and I think people really started to look at it, there's speculation that that could be Lady Loki uh, and that Loki is going to be offered by the TVA a plea deal um, if he can capture and take down the, la- the lady version of himself, uh, who seems to be more causing more chaos uh, than even he has. Um, Darcy, is Lady Loki a big part of, uh, of the MC or the Marvel comic universe? Uh, well, at one point, I mean, in the comic universe, Ragnarok happened, uh, yeah. much like it did in in the show uh, in the movies, but like of course differently. So once all the uh, Asgardians were killed, they of course come back because they are gods. There's a cycle of rebirth among them. 
Um, yeah. And when Loki was reborn, he was reborn into a woman, uh, a woman's body, essentially, because they inhabited humans or hum- descendants of, of themselves, essentially, that inhabited the world at this point. So right. he, he becomes a woman in that case and uh, is, again, yeah, probably one of the, the that the evilest we've seen him in that body because I, I don't know what they were trying to go for in the comic, but I, maybe they're saying women are evil. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting to see if that would be uh, her because, um, yeah, just before, if we're going to introduce Lady Loki before you get Lady Thor, like I don't know if they're going to, they're testing the waters or what, but uh, that'd be interesting to do. I mean, I yeah. can see it being a case. Uh, if that's the case, I also wouldn't be surprised if you see a, a younger Loki because Loki is no, there's been multiple versions of Loki existing at many times. That's kind of his whole thing is he's the God of mischief and trickery. So even he tricks himself in that he has split himself into multiple consciousnesses. So right. it, it'd be interesting if this lady Loki is even just a, a fractured uh, persona of himself. Cause again, he is, that is part uh, tied to his history in the comics. Interesting. Interesting. Um, it's you know I think it's going to be cool. I hope that they play with the you know again we talked about the aspect of them playing with our mysteries. I hope they also play with some of those um, same similar things that they kind of did with the jumping around in the timeline uh, in Endgame. Um, I think it would be really really cool. You know we already see a scene with uh, Loki in a post apocalyptic New York. Um, so maybe you know maybe that's an alternate universe where Thanos was successful in his original attack. Um, I just you know you see the Avengers building like completely destroyed, Shattered almost, um, yeah, yeah. super super cool just to see these scenes. Um, but yeah, no Loki, I am so excited. I actually think it's probably my favorite trailer that we saw from the presentation. Um, really really stoked. But guys, what if what if? Uh, flips the script on the MCU, reimagining famous events from the films in unexpected ways. Coming summer 2021, so not that much longer of a wait in the summer. Uh, Marvel Studios' first animated series focus on different heroes from the MCU, uh, featuring a voice cast that includes a host of stars who reprise their roles. Um, I am super stoked to see what if, uh, Justin, what did you take away from the, uh, the, the trailer that they showed from this? Just more or less what they've already shown, but it just, it, it really affirms that, you know, there is an aesthetical look to it. Like I think animation is, is probably the best way to do it for it to feel like it's, it's alternate without having to like reinvent some of these characters. Like, I don't know if I would really want to see some of these stories live action, but I love that they're animated. Yes. Um, so, so I think that that's probably the best way to do it. But again, I, I, this one has been one that we've seen a lot of actually, you know what I mean? Like I, I've seen a lot of, of what if already and, and, and whatnot. So like this one, I thought this one was already going to be out because the date doesn't even seem, seem that concrete, does it? Like it says summer 2021. Right. It's a little more if. loose. Yeah. Yeah. It's very yeah. loose. It doesn't have like a month or anything like that. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I I'm excited for it. Don't get me wrong. I think it's the coolest idea to, and I love some of the f- stuff that we've seen of uh, Peggy Carter with the shield. Peggy Absolutely. Carter looks great. I'm excited for T'Challa as Star-Lord. Oh, yeah. So awesome. cool. Like, T'Challa Star-Lord. Like that's and Yondu awesome. being, being in the show. I think yep. it's super Yondu cool. Yondu right? coming back. Like, yep. No, I think the big my biggest takeaway from that one is I never thought I'd see them bring Marvel zombies to the screen, and so seeing that like a few clips of Bucky facing off Zombie Cap, I can only hope that we'll see more of that zombie universe because that's one of their their biggest multiverses is the the universe where everyone became a zombie. So that's <laughs> it's just, it's such a fun idea and concept. So again, this what if is a perfect 
avenue to explore that that thing like justin said uh, you can't do that live action you're not going to get kids watching a zombie movie so right like this this uh even if it's just a one episode one off seeing uh, into that universe is really cool right and that's and that's really kind of the arch of their theme that they're trying to connect with i think what we've kind of are looking at is multiverse right because we are going to talk later about you know dr strange and stuff like that but Mm -hmm, there mm -hmm. is this overarching theme of multiverse that that is implicit in what has come out thus far for marvel phase four is multiverse yes exactly and what if still plays with that idea and almost encourages it in a very unique way and i would love to see them do the zombie series as like its own sort of thing and that would be great if if something successful from this what if series is like okay well why don't we just do a series where sure. it's just just the zombie yeah yeah it opens the door too for uh, like just again seeing that one little shot of that it, it opens the door for some of their other very popular mini series like venomized where all our favorite heroes become sure. venom and stuff like that so going down the line it, with this what if series and or doing more just like short mini series there's a lot more potential to explore these stories that would you would never make it to the big screen that they normally would try and do. So to your point, guys, again, like the we've seen Ahsoka in Mandalorian sort of be used as a, her episode as a soft pilot, right? So having this what what if series, maybe what if season one, season two, you know, these are all sort of ways that they can test the waters to say, cool, what was most popular, what really captured fans' attention, and what can we maybe make an entire animated series out that maybe still isn't canon, um, but still allows them to sort of explore those those alter- alternate uh, comic worlds is so cool. Yeah, but when it comes to Marvel, they got canon. They got so much that they they have so much that they can pull from and it's just it's literally strategizing how you do it and not overwhelming the cohesiveness of what you already have established right Mm. so so i think that's why like you said the cohesiveness is the big thing because like a lot of their stories that are popular and are in the main timeline of the their comic universe would just not work in the way that they've set up and built this cinematic thing so i feel like this what if is a great avenue to explore those types of stories that because of how they've already told the story to this point they won't get a chance to explore eventually so it's a different way of again they have so much thing so much to draw from that whatever they don't make canon they can still use and produce and explore because people already love that stuff like like me again reading all the comics there's so much stories there for them to tell that i'm i'm looking forward to seeing if they do go that route very cool and speaking of telling stories again uh, getting to see stories told through the eyes of different cultures is not something that's just Disney and Pixar, but also Marvel with Miss Marvel launching in uh, on Disney Plus in late 2021. So, I mean, that seems that seems sooner, way sooner than I thought for this series. Um, but it introduces Kamala Khan, a 16-year-old Pakistani-American growing up in Jersey City, uh, an avid gamer, uh, a student, uh, and a voracious fan fiction scribe <laughs> sounds like you darcy um she has i, I don't write fan fiction i'm not I no don't know that okay, okay okay uh she has a special affinity for superheroes particularly captain marvel um but you know this is going to be starring iman Vellani, uh who's canadian uh shout out to canada again um starring as miss marvel uh guys did you get a chance to see the sizzle reel for this mm-hmm. show um and yeah. what did you think I, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, the, the, Ms. Marvel's character, she's a very recent addition to the, uh, the Marvel Universe as in general. Oh, a couple of years old, like probably only 10 years old at the, very, at the most maybe. Really? In the comics. And wow. uh, just her, 
introduction into the universe was almost like Peter Parker. She is the, the everyman's hero because everyone can associate to her even more so than Peter Parker because of her multi uh, her her diversity, like her Pakistani background, and right. just how she's already gone through so much like just societal tribulations before she became a hero and the mm. fact that she's a fan of all this stuff like she is the, the modern peter parker and in, in that everyone can relate to her in some way so seeing uh, the fact that they're bringing this so soon and like again watching it scissor reel makes it look like they really have they, they really thought this through i i'm really excited to see this uh on the on the disney plus very cool i'm i'm surprised at how far along it is like mm-hmm. it looks like the first episode has been shot like based on the right. footage that they've showed like they showed a lot of like her home life and you know and her her appeal for for obviously uh captain marvel um but yeah it looks like they are going pretty pretty strong with this one because it was uh a yeah, successful she is character the most well-received there. character that they've, they've yeah. introduced in the last again decade like they, people yeah love her and i I can totally see why speaks to a very wide audience right yeah um speaking of something else that i think again late 2021 uh hawkeye with jeremy renner and then of course now confirmed finally uh kate bishop being played by Haley steinfeld which i am so stoked for um gonna be coming out uh er late 2021 guys um i guess what i want to know for this one darcy what do you think this is going to pull from in terms of the comic book world so in the most recent one like some of the most recent hawkeye runs because he's a popular character they gave him his own comic like they always do uh he's training a protege in kate bishop that uh, Haley steinfeld will be playing so he's looking for someone to help fill the role because uh, a big part of his character in the comics and i'd be interested to see if they bring that to the uh the screen although they could easily do some other stories with him but he's deaf and has been suffering with tinnitus and and deafness his entire life so uh, in the comics, he gets to the point where he can basically hear like nothing anymore. And that's when he realizes that he can't do this forever. So it'll be, oh, wow. it's basically a realization that he isn't superhuman. Like he isn't. He's just a guy who's really good with a bow and arrow. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I think it'll be a really interesting exploration through that path. Again, where we're so used to all these superhuman heroes who, who seemingly can't die. Uh, with this guy who's realizing he is very mortal and uh, yeah. very fragile. So humanizing him. Yeah, he's yeah. a human. Yeah. 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 And I think if they don't go the deafness route, again, with the, with what he's been through, you know, having thought he lost his family and going on a, a vengeance-fueled, you know, ra- uh, binge-killing spree across the world, uh, and then realizing that, you know, that it was all changed and what he did wasn't worth it. Like, I feel like he could – he's got some troubled, troubled past. Uh, well, it's it's funny you mentioned that, Darcy, because there have been production stills uh, put out uh, where you see Haley um, Haley Steinfeld, uh, Kate Bishop. She has like a, a guide dog or a, or a, a therapy dog with her, um, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, um, there is some with uh, with Renner with a um, with a hearing aid uh, in his yeah. ear. So, um, yeah. so I do believe that you're right. They I think they are deaf, actually going to yeah. go that route. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so again, it's, a, it's a, like his comic deals again with the fragility of a human hero, essentially. So that Very definitely cool. is probably what they're going to explore with his series. Yeah, that's cool. No, I, I think that that's entirely uh, like it's one hundred percent what is going to happen. Um, you, you know that they've there's there's already enough information to really support that with the production stills that that have been seen, right? So, and Justin, um, does that mean Renner is is not going to be? Hawkeye like are we gonna I think get he's done with it him too. in another like he, movie yeah I, I think I just think though that that Ren, Renner's you know he's he's done with the character right yeah, well, it's probably. time for, it's time for him to pass it on right and the same thing is going to happen with uh, the next show that you're talking we're going to talk about which is She-Hulk 
right? Like She-Hulk is going to establish another Hulk character so that Ruffalo doesn't need to be around sure. all the time. Do you know what but, I mean? But really quick, I mean, Hulk is... I think more recently we've seen a lot of the comedy aspects of him. So let me just quickly read this description because I thought this was kind of weird. She-Hulk, a new comedy series coming to Disney Plus um, starring Tatiana Maslany, which is awesome, uh, as Jennifer Walters, uh, a.k.a. She-Hulk. She's a lawyer who specializes in superhuman-oriented legal cases, which I think is going to be really cool to see how they explore, like, you know, like, I think that kind of pulls in, like, some of the boys sort of comedy of, like, you know, the things that happen because of the heroes. Um, And it's going to welcome a host of characters to the series, including, of course, the Hulk himself, um, played by Mark Ruffalo, who's going to be there. Abomination, uh, played by Tim Roth coming back. back, Tim which is super cool um so i mean like a comedy series uh was that what you guys were expecting yes and really having read some of her comics because her whole thing is she is a hulk but she doesn't hulk out when she's angry she hulks out when she's calm when she's completely centered herself really oh wow which being a lawyer you need to be calm and and you know focused on task at hand at all times yeah so she's gonna she is basically almost permanently hulked out so that's why oh, wow. they say like she's in the in the in the stream when Ken Feige is introducing her talks about how she's like six foot seven and green and that's just she's a working lady who is six foot seven and green so I think that'll be a really it, it's it opens the door to a lot of comical things basically she does she wants to be normal the only reason she hulked out is because she had she needed a blood transfusion and her cousin the Hulk Bruce Banner was the only person who could give her the blood transfusion so it's she didn't ask for this. She's just trying to do her own thing, and I, I can't wait. That sounds like a comedy right there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like just like you got whole, the blood her... from your superhero cousin? No wonder you're all green. You right? I think it makes sense that this goes a comedy route. And again, another example of superheroes mixing with other genres, genres that are obviously not not – not familiar to superheroes because we have things like the boys, like you're saying, and and, and, yeah. and and other things that have a very comedy tone esque. But I just mean like, you know, it'll be like a, a, a like a it could be like an Ally McBeal Law and Order superhero genre show. You know what I mean? Like it'll be fun, yeah. right? Like there'll probably be a bit of a romantic comedy in it as well. Like you know, there's it's going to be a fun. It sounds like it could be fun. I don't know. Just based I, on I think it's going to be a really, a really fun. There's yeah. a lot that writes itself with that series. Just the the silly things that they can do with uh, again a, a Hulk don't lawyer. Very cool, um, guys. Another new series, Moon Knight, uh, coming to Disney Plus. This one does not have a uh, release date yet. Directed by Mohamed Diab, uh, it's an action adventure that features, and this is kind of cool because I didn't know about this. A complex vigilante suffers from dissociative identity disorder. Uh, the multiple identities who live inside him are distinct characters who appear against a backdrop of Egyptian iconography. Darcy, you're dancing or something. I don't know what you're doing. Yes. You seem so excited so, for Moon Knight. Moon Knight is was probably one of my favorite comic book characters from Marvel. Uh, really? Me and, my buddy, me and my buddy have always been a fan of his stuff. And I remember like six years ago, I was reading his, his ongoing series. And me and my friend... The way that the story was written was each each comic issue was like a standalone episode of a TV show. Like the way it was wrote, like paced and everything like that, works so well to the the the, the TV show genre, because his character is like they said is uh, associative identity disorder. So they've done that a few different ways over his you know tenure as a hero in Marvel. 
um, one one such story had him having uh, personalities of Spider-Man, Captain America, and Wolverine in his head. So he adopted their wow. fighting styles in that he had a web shooter, he That's had a shield, cool. he had the claws, and he basically had conversations with these heroes in his head and let them fight or inspire his fighting uh, technique. Now, I don't know if they're going to go that route. I would love to see that, but I doubt it. More recently, they have uh, uh, basically broken up his character into to three parts. There's Mark Spector, the, the average man. He was an explorer who was left for dead in Egypt. And uh, uh, in that uh, on the door, uh, death's doorstep, he makes a deal with the moon god Khonshu, which allows him to be the, uh, his avatar in the real world. So huh. that's how he gets his powers, and that basically will not change. So we will probably see some aspect of that in the show. Uh, but uh, going forward, he develop, he creates the personality of Moon Knight, very much a Batman-styled hero, where he you know has all these tech and gadgets that he uses to fund his you know vigilantism across the uh, city. And my favorite and most recent addition that they've really started driving home with the Moon Knight character is the Mister Knight aspect. So he's a suited man with a, a white hood over that just has a simple moon on his forehead, and he's basically a detective. He goes around solving the hardest mysteries that no one wants to touch because he's only he's only crazy enough to do with it. He wow. is crazy enough to do with these things that no one everyone thinks like, oh, that's just ghosts or something or whatever. And he's like, nope, that is something else, and I will find the bottom of it. And it is huh. I cannot wait. Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight will probably be one of the That's a very good point that you mentioned. There was a rumor that or at least uh, some sort of uh, an article that said that Oscar Isaac is going to be Moon Knight. And we talked about that. But it's funny how they did not mention him in this paragraph. Makes Mm. me wonder, is there still something going on with maybe timing or and which is why there's no date associated with it. Right. There's no definitive date. Um, So maybe there's just a bit of a pushback on it. I think everything's up up in the air right now, though. Yeah. Based on again, like the, the no date on it. Like I said, with him having the, the having those those other heroes as characters in his head, I wouldn't be surprised if they want to wait a bit to see if they can potentially bring those characters into an episode or, or something like that. The the second route that you were talking about of this character and where he's at now sounds very much more conventional to what they could do very effectively, right? Like yeah. they could they could really tell that story. I only really knew Moon Knight as as yes, he's a comic character within Marvel, but I never read his comics and I everyone always said, "Oh, he's the coolest character ever." And the Batman-esque was was kind of the the pitch for for Moon Knight, and I could see value in bringing that kind of character into the MCU, right? And someone who has maybe like a Sherlock Holmes style approach to solving uh things would be really interesting. Yeah, it'll be there's a lot of potential in that show and i've always thought that so i'm really excited to see this come to fruition yeah hopefully hopefully it does for moon knight as the character what i think iron man did for iron man you know what i mean like just bringing that to general audiences i think that's huge okay next up secret invasion uh is a newly announced series um, starring Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn coming back as uh, the scroll. Well, this is the shield. Talos. This is the Nick Fury show that I, I guess everyone was talking about, right? Mm-hmm. It sort of breaks off of that last scene. I think that we saw yeah. with with Nick Fury. Yeah. With, with um, the, yeah. Darcy, what is Secret Invasion all about? So Secret Invasion is one of the most popular Marvel events of all time. Uh, it is when, uh, as descriptions of the show is, is basically. Uh, Scrolls have infiltrated human society on every level and have been here for years. And it's them finally using that their positions to overthrow human society, essentially. 
So, uh, given how Captain Marvel ended, where we saw all those Skrulls coming to seek refuge on Earth, and having been there in the 80s, is setting up for that storyline where they have been here forever, they've worked their ways up to all these different levels, and are basically ingrained almost to the point like almost Hydra situation where they control or have a hand in everything. Um, but are they bad guys? So the, that's the thing. Skrulls, uh, there are the ones we saw in Marvel were refugees, clearly, but more in the comics, they're known as uh, enemies to the Kree. So again, another alien race. They are they are strictly always known seen as an enemy, mainly uh, against the Fantastic Four. So it'd be interesting to see if we see Super Skrulls introduced in this show, because again, it's down the line. They've announced Fantastic Four coming out at some point. Yep. So if they start dropping hints at that using the Fantastic or the Super Skrulls who have the powers or similar powers to uh, the, the uh, Fantastic Four be an interesting way to go that way. Another thing that happened in uh, Secret Invasion was Spider-Man getting uh, the symbiote suit for the first time. So while Venom has already been established in Sony's universe, if they find some way to bring that back and have Peter put on the suit in Secret Evasion would be wow. a, a defining moment from the comics brought to light for once on the on the screen. So that be, could be a really cool moment. Uh, again, I don't know if, if they could do that or how they'd go about doing that given the current situation with Sony. So, so maybe they bring that to the the you know the live action TV side of of Marvel, mm-hmm. right? It, I think it's interesting seeing Samuel L. Jackson so readily moving into a, a series. But do you think that him being on Disney Plus, a TV series for the Marvel Universe, might mean that we get to see him, as we've been speculating, in maybe another uh, Disney-owned property? Oh, I see. He's showing up in... um, That is interesting. It'd be interesting. Right? I I mean, I I think that almost... It almost really pushes the theory that we've all got that he's going to be Mace Windu in The Mandalorian. I I also feel like he's on board to do this show, uh, the show, because he, he... loves the character of Nick Fury to the point where like, they, yeah. they created the new Nick Fury in the ultimate universe of, of the comics based on Samuel Jackson. So he's, oh, he cool. has, cool. He, it's near and dear to his heart. Clearly. Like he loves the fact that comic, comic creators out there were like, you are cool enough to be a comic character on your own. And he gets to do that in this show. Yeah. He has a lot of fun with it. I think. Well, speaking of things that are close to people's hearts, uh, Iron Heart uh, is another. That was a terrible transition. You said uh, man. Another Disney, <laughs> another Disney Plus uh, show uh, series starring Dominic Thorne as Riri Williams, a genius inventor who creates the most the most advanced suit of armor since Iron Man. Uh, super cool. I guess this is going to be our replacement for uh, for Tony Stark. Then, right? Well, yeah, in the comics, uh, she is considered the inheritor of Tony Stark's, you know, will in, in his creative uh, ingenuity. Uh, she creates a suit of armor for herself in her garage, uh, just, you know, using whatever parts she can find. And she, again, she makes it a better suit than Iron Man or than Tony Stark made his first time. So that goes a long way to the point where he, uh, she ends up gaining the attention of the Stark Foundation. And after Tony Stark's passing in the comics, she, she gets inherits his technology his entire lab all his resources become hers eventually uh and this comes with the holographic ai that is tony stark so she learns from tony stark's ai ghost essentially and becomes the hero that is known as ironheart uh it'd be interesting to see if we have even just a voice cameo of some sort of tony stark in this series because with robert is, downey yeah with robert downey because he is her his pepper his, his friday that is her onboard system right, is just Tony right, Stark. Right, right. Oh, cool. So it'd be interesting to see if they go that route, if that if they could get Robert Downey Jr. back for that. Um, 
but again, it costs a lot of money. It would cost a lot of money, <laughs> but the character has a lot of stuff is really cool on her own. Cause again, she, she did this all on her own without any help and then got the assistance of it. So she was able to make leaps and bounds with her, t- her studies just because she was recognized for being the, the talent that she was. Right. Um, right. So yeah, really cool story there. And again, it's bringing youth back to the team so that you can get more, maybe longevity out of these characters uh, and watch them grow up, which is a lot of comic stories deal with is the, is the the growth of the character and so with young characters that you can see that growth easily i think so a lot well, that's of cool because it'll it'll give fans the ability to kind of grow up with these characters right and yeah. and, and younger fans uh and you know we're seeing miss marvel going to be uh, appearing in in the next um captain marvel we've got you know uh, the the young riri williams we've got um We've got uh, Kate Bishop coming in, right? Like, we're kind of getting all of these... I think, honestly, this is our next huge team uh, mm-hmm. that they're slowly building. And, you know, even seeing it with uh, Black Widow, um, you know, with the replacement with uh, Florence Pugh coming in. Uh, or Pugh? 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 <laughs> I never know how to pronounce her name. Seeing, <laughs> seeing, her, seeing, seeing, <laughs> seeing her character come in. Um, I just think that's so cool that we are literally getting the Young Avengers... Uh, storyline, but then again, getting as fans getting to sort of see them grow up, I think is going to be awesome. Well, we're seeing an all female too, right? Like it's it's a very yeah it's, so far yeah it's, right like these yeah. these could be like it could be an all young uh, female Avengers team, right? Because I think Ant Man's daughter, Kate, Lang, Kate Cassie Lang, yeah, she she becomes uh, like a, a giant man hero as well. I, I can't remember her name. Stature here's her name. That's it. Oh, cool. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of groundwork that's being laid here for a cross event that would be like to your point, Nate, a young Avengers, but I think it's all female. I well, they I call mean, that A Force in the comics. A-Force. Oh, A Force? Yeah. yeah. Is that what they call it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I believe cool. that was a, a comic run that they did for a while. Uh, that was it was an all. So the, that's the series. That's that's what the crossover Which, series. She-Hulk is was on be. it too. So like, boom, it, it, there it, you go. Wow. Right? Yeah. yeah. She-Hulk wow. too. There you go. Right? Like, so there's, there's we've a lot solved of, it. Yeah. We've solved the puzzle. <laughs> You know, Marvel, you can't keep up with us. Uh, but, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, speaking of, of, you know, armor, armor wars, uh, I'm really trying, guys, with uh, Don Cheadle coming back as War Machine, uh, super stoked, uh, who must face what happens when Tony Stark's tech falls into the wrong hands. Um, Justin, are you stoked to see a Don Cheadle focused? series uh on the disney plus I'm, I'm i'm happy that they're finding a way to leverage this platform to tell the offshoot stories of some of these characters yeah. like like to do that with don Cheadle's character and to really you know who knows this could be his way of sending off his character right True. um yeah. so if this is how don Cheadle does it he really kind of rounds out his character of 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 uh uh roads um then that that'd be great. You know what I mean? That would be a great well, way to, to your, send it off. To your point, um, and you know, one of the things I love about how they're really pulling from the comic books is yes, they're pulling from the comic books, but they're changing things. They're changing subtle things. So you know, what if it's actually War Machine that ends up bringing in Riri Williams? Like, what if it's actually War Machine uh, that ends up being the the Tony Stark for her instead? Maybe they can't get Robert Downey involved, and so maybe it's more along the lines of he is the one to 
get the tech into the right hands, uh, which is Riri Williams. And, you know, you could still have a wow, that's Downey's, actually that's, you know, moment in there. I, but, I, but how cool would but that be, right? They, as a way to sort of send off, as you said, yes, Don Cheadle's character. That's, that actually makes a whole lot of sense of how they could do it. Because I don't know if they'd be able to get Tony Stark unless it was mm-hmm. just a one-time sort of like a message to Rhodes Correct, and then that message to Rhodes, mm-hmm. she shares. So she cool. he shares it to we her. We should be writing this right? stuff, right? Like guys. he shares. We should be writing this <laughs> stuff. What are we doing? <laughs> but anyways, they do say that these the these are those two series will be in many ways crossed over or, or related to each other. Did they yeah. not? I thought that I I thought they I, I'm pretty that. sure they did say that. And yeah. I mean, uh, it's been a while since I've read the Ironheart comics and her origin. I believe Rhodes actually does play a part in the discovery of her. Like he oh, cool. hears okay. about someone flying a suit and being in the Air Force, he goes to investigate. And I think that's how I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. I could be mistaken. Um, but I think what Armor Wars is really cool, what it cool is, uh, is cool is that it's re exploring basically Iron Man 2 with Justin, like Justin Hammer trying to recreate Tony Stark's tech. It'd be cool to see yes. him come back in some form, having found oh, wow, actually yeah. gotten his hands on the tech and leads to these. Because again, his character I thought was great and was severely underused and just. That movie as a whole was kind of a flop, but uh, it's neat that they are revisiting one of those things that they've kind of already talked about in the universe. Very cool. Very cool. Well, guys, uh, don't have long to wait because, well, that one actually, no, that does not have a release date, uh, but that's okay. Hopefully no, but it, soon. It, it, it's uh, cool projects that they're working on. Like it, it does, it does really, it, it does really show that they are putting a lot of focus into Disney plus. You know, from mm-hmm. this yes. from this offering, because I think we got a couple more shows. Like we got a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which is going to be incredible. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm so. It's I so like excited. I like that there. You know, James Gunn's coming back, and you know he wants to do like. It feels like it's going to be like a Star Wars holiday thing, but you know what I mean. But yeah, but what what character will be the Boba Fett of this special? Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, that's that's a good point. <laughs> Rocket, and then the yeah. and then taking. We already like, know Rocket. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. What you're saying yeah. who are they going to introduce? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. 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 yeah interesting. Yeah. And and then the I Am Groot, the animated one. Um, you know, like that's a great way to to again connect kids and and content that parents would want to share with their kids this disney plus offering is very rich with universe building stuff uh they they feel very you know uh isolated as their own genre focused and even just based on on seeing the three previews that we saw they look different from one another mm-hmm. right so it, it, there's they there's a strategy tones, exactly yeah. there's a strategy now, I, I don't know Darius. like maybe it kind of feels like a comic book strategy you know like it like a, like a comic book way to look at how this content is distributed yes, through they, this platform. Treat them all as individual stories. Exactly. And tell them in the way that they they, they tell themselves. Exactly. Like a lot of this stuff, right, like when you set up a storyline, it, it kind of drives itself when you put a character into the shoes. Like with Loki, the mischief, mm-hmm. lends perfectly to a crime thriller or a spy thriller with him. Exactly. Constantly trying to outsmart someone type thing. It's right up his alley. So like, like yeah. you said, they each have their own tone and they're setting it really strongly, I think. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very cool. Um, guys, just moving into feature films for Marvel, and then we'll move to uh, uh, the next section here. Um, really quickly, I'll just list them off, and I want you guys to tell me which one you're most excited about and why. Uh, we've got Black Widow, May 7th, 2021. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, uh, July 9th, 2021. Uh, then Eternals in November of 2021, November 5th. We've got Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness in March of uh, March 20. 20- 
5th of 2022. Thor Love and Thunder, which is May 6th, 2022, which begins filming next month. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Black Panther 2 on July 8th, we'll, 2022. We'll talk a little bit more about Black Panther in a second. But right off sure. the bat, yeah. like, you know, Black Widow... I think we've seen enough. We need to see it in theaters. I don't know if Disney should just bite the bullet and say, okay, let's just put this on the streaming platform. Just put platform, it on the platform. Right? Yeah. But they really want Black Widow's first, like her The one that story. everyone has been waiting exactly. for. Exactly. Since they she want... was introduced, people have been waiting for this movie. Yeah. They wanted to give it the proper release. Exactly. And, I, and it's. It, and I feel like that's yeah. the only reason why they're they're so stringent on not posting it to Disney Plus for at mm-hmm. least some sort of purchase price. Uh Shang-Chi like you know they they just wrapped um mm-hmm. and like they they're, they're going to run through post and I'm interested to see like they've rounded out their characters, right? We have Tony Leung, we have Aquafina, we have Michelle Yeoh. Like yeah. the cast is is feeling and the director obviously this feels like a a very much Mulan done better where it's not just about sure. representing the culture, but it's also behind the scenes how the culture is also represented, right? Like the yeah. crew that's making it up. To me, there's there's a real push for this to almost be the same sort of caliber of, of storytelling as as Black Panther um, mm-hmm. for, for the mm-hmm. cultural purposes. I was surprised that's with cool. Internals. Internals, they didn't show anything other than that this this is supposed to be a huge movie like darcy do you think you can kind of enlighten us a little bit because i i think internals is one that i'm entirely not fully familiar with even myself i'm not the biggest i don't know much about the eternals i do know that in some way they are related to thanos right Uh, thanos does have a connection to the eternals at some point they are essentially they they are almost god level uh creatures or beings in the universe and it's uh, from what i remember is that it's a very uh infighty like uh, almost Game of Thronesy. I don't. I know it's weird to say that with Richard Madden being in it, but it's uh, a very internal conflict. If I'm not mistaken, again, I don't. I don't know much about Eternals. It's it's some of the Marvel titles I, I'm very not well versed in because they release so much. It's hard to keep up to track on all of it. Right. So I believe you know, it that- says it says in the description that it spans a thousand or sorry thousands of years. Um, you know, and to your point, being involved with Thanos. Do we see Thanos show up in this movie? I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, it, it'd be hard to do. Referenced, uh, maybe he might referenced be referenced maybe sure. for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but again, I can't remember exactly how he is connected. I think it is more just he is an eternal, is he not? I thought he was he's an a eternal. De- I, he's not con- a he's, deviant. He's a, he's a mutant. He's a mutant of an eternal, which I believe is a deviant. Okay. Again, I don't okay. know the most yeah. about that that stuff. I've read some of Thanos' origin story, and I've heard these names mentioned before in passing, but. Outside of that, I'm very, you know, in the dark for the Eternals. So anyways, I'm excited because they say this is their boldest. Like Feige was like, you know, this is our boldest, this is our most different. And I'm just like, well, where is it? Because I, I thought you guys, I'm pretty sure they wrapped production if I wasn't mistaken. So I don't know yeah. if there's a holdup because. I mean, we're seeing it in less than a year. You right, know. but like even still, th- yeah. this movie was supposed to be out November of this year. Yeah, this is this is in like the this is announced for a while. Oh, really? So, yeah. it's been delayed. Oh, wow, yeah. what happened? Yeah, so I, I don't know. Yeah. That's the thing. There's been no sort mm-hmm. of thing, but the cast is huge. There is a lot of things, so I really do hope that uh, there's more information. I think it's just kind of fallen off the radar, though. That, in my mm-hmm. opinion, right? Like, like there's it's just because it's so it's so outside of this whole Marvel. You know, yeah, machine. they're not main characters yeah, that exactly. show up regularly or frequently in the Marvel stories. Yeah. So, it, so it is it is a very untouched uh, portion of the, uh, the Marvel. So I'm universe. wondering, I'm wondering if there's just some sort of there's just maybe a, a struggle with the narrative elements of of trying to make it work. Who knows? 
because there's no trailer. I wouldn't be the... surprised if they are having trouble with that because again, they are like they they are all incredibly powerful characters in their own right. So trying to deal with like like how would that like how would you see that or how would that uh, look in the universe type thing? Sure, yeah, and I mean we've got we've got you know the Avengers they've got a they've got a god right on their mm-hmm. side but like even still it's like that's one whereas this is i i don't even know how many of these it's a, it's a these, family of gods a like we're family seeing a of family gods, of gods right? yeah so i could see that being hard to balance um but i mean you know one of the big things that we're we're seeing as well with doctor strange and the multiverse of madness uh justin you talked about you know i think the marvel universe is already so so well touched upon comedy you know within guardians and of course with the previous taika thor movie um, I think this is going to be a horror film, um, and I'm so stoked to see it be actually mm. scary. I want it to be actually yeah. scary. Feige though. says that I don't it's want bold. It to be... He says it's a bold take yeah. for them to get into this into cool. to like horror genre, right? Like it's it's he it's clear that there's going to be a a layer of 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 scariness to this. But the mm-hmm. more important thing is that the events that we will see in Wandavision will influence. Uh, that so I think by by the end of that season we are going to know what is going on with Wanda obviously and where she, where she mm-hmm. might be as a character or what's going on with her that's going to yep. influence uh, Doctor the events of Doctor Strange right so but also the also the and I mean I know this isn't on the list I don't think but the it also has to do with the next Spider Man film. Right, we've got oh, yeah. we got word earlier yes. that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was going to be in the next Spider-Man movie, and we've already heard some stuff yeah. uh, about uh, two more right? two and more Peter Parkers gracing the screen, two more Peter Parkers, and of course, I think there's rumors that we're going to get Alfred Gwen Stacy and Octopus. and Doctor Octopus. Alfred Molina has been cast, so you know um, this whole alternate universe thing they're really i think honestly i think they saw marvel was like the 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 spider-man into the spider-verse that sony film beat them to the punch and they probably already had plans to go through all this stuff but i really think that this the the popularity of that movie expedited their push to really say we need to get into yeah for sure i i i I totally agree with that that sony beat them by posting that movie but i think that Spider-Man yeah. really already lends itself because it is so enriched in its 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 story that the multiverse makes sense. So for Sony to mm-hmm. just jump on that, good for them to realize that. But what Marvel gets to do is really draw it out with their characters and their universe and and what that rich investment, right? Like they they spent right. their load in in one movie and they're now going to do a live action version of it and then that's pretty much it. It's more of an inspiration for for Marvel to move their characters in the multiverse direction. Um so True. it's it's it makes a lot of sense. Um I feel like the these events are going to have some sort of effect on Thor: Love and Thunder. Which is why we might have a Jane Foster Thor. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. Like, I, I'm wondering yeah. if that plays a huge, like, that plays a part oh, as into why. Right. Uh, oh, that could work. Yeah. Again, going to pop out my little catchphrase here in the comics. Uh, so, <laughs> the story that the Gore the God Butcher uh, is part of, it leads to the storyline where Thor becomes unworthy. Like, he, Thor loses an arm in, in his fight against Gore and becomes unworthy to wield the hammer of Thor. And he just becomes Odinson. And so he's got his hammer is left sitting on the moon where he had his final battle untouched until it gets picked up by Jane Foster. So it's not even like they need to do a multiverse thing for that. I feel like once you hear, once they, you like we heard that Gore the God Butcher name drop, 
we know that this is going to be one of Thor's hardest fights ever. It's what leads him to become the, the King Thor that we see in the comics, who sits at the end of the universe, proudly ruling Valhalla still, in Asgard. Um, really? So it, like, this is yeah, this is going to have some really big ramifications in Thor's storyline because, again, Gore, the God, Gore is such a, a pivotal character that he fought against and is so strong. He killed all the other gods in the Marvel Universe and then set his sights on Asgard, realizing that this is going to be easy too. And then he comes against Thor, and that's where we get the story. Um, Christian Bale as Gore, the God Butcher. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait to see what he brings to that character because that character is is so smart and and just the way that he's written in the comics is, is he's so memorable. So I'm very looking I'm looking forward to seeing how Batman plays a god butcher. Like it's there's right? there's so much there. Um but to you know what I was going to say earlier, the, the it really sounds like phase 4 and maybe the beginning of phase 5 is the transition phase. It's the phase of of transitioning over to these new heroes. Miss Marvel from Captain Marvel, right? She-Hulk from Hulk. We've got, you know, like everything we've been talking about, right? Riri coming in. Like, um, I feel like this is going to very clearly be the passing of the torch phase um, and just kind of getting to our, our uh, you know, one of our, our, our next ones here, um, Black Panther 2. Um, which is coming out on July eighth, twenty twenty two. Yeah, this is this is um, yeah, this one here is you know is a hard one to kind of talk about, right? Because like hundred percent, right? Like yeah. you know they've gone on the record now saying that you know with honoring Chadwick Boseman's legacy that they're not recasting T'Challa as Black Panther, right? Yeah. Like he will yeah. be T'Challa the Black Panther uh, forever. Forever. So yeah. So this has now obviously gotten you know the director Ryan Coogler uh, in a writing writing storm to really try to drive that and i feel like he has to be the one that's really going to try to drive the direction of where this movie's going to go like who could it be that they would cast for a new black panther like is that possible darcy like with your comic book experience like uh, knowledge in the comics it's been again black panther is not one of the ones i'm a big fan of but i have read some of his more recent stories uh shuri plays a big part in his storyline yes. in that he, okay good. he does see her as uh, a warrior she is a fighter and a hero of her in her own right in the comics so um with her being uh again being a fighter and being so prominent in the mcu i wouldn't be surprised if they go that route again with the whole female uh pushing that female driven cast forward um other than that it's really hard to say because in the comics he's always been the black panther and he is so it's very weird to be it's going to be weird to see um a Black Panther movie where he's not the Black Panther. It's just it's not be T'Challa. Odd, yeah, no, I, I not hear T'Challa. you. Not like no T'Challa association to the yeah, Black Panther. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, is a very interesting. It's there. It hasn't really been done before in the comics, as far as I. So know, they're so. they're going to have to basically reinvent the character, which makes me exactly. kind of concerned because, like, um, uh, the the actress who plays uh, Shuri, Letitia Wright, she's been very like vocal about like just either stopping making the Black Panther movie as a total respect to Chadwick Boseman and like not really wanting to really jump into doing this because she's still like really feeling the emotional weight of, mm-hmm. of that, which is, which yeah. is fair because this, this would have to come out July 8th, 2022, which means that they need to start shooting at some point next year, like early 20, like 2021. Right. Um, yeah. To get, to get this out in time. 
Um, I'm just wondering, though, if they don't necessarily cho- choose Shuri, but they choose uh, Lupita Nyong'o's uh, character, Nakia, Nakia who, mm. um, you know, because Shuri's not ready or she just, you know, she's not she doesn't want that responsibility, but she, you know, she can't see herself in that sort of thing. But, you know, maybe T'Challa does pass in the storyline as part of the storyline and whomever steps in is really doing the voice of, of standing up for T'Challa, right? So I think that there's 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 there is that idea. So it really comes down to Ryan Coogler writing a really great story and who he can sell that to to say you need to be this this new Black Panther, right? So. I mean another another name that I was thinking of possibly from the movies at least is Umbaku had a great presence in the movie, uh, like the leader of the Gorilla Tribe. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see like after the reconciliation between their tribes, maybe that leads to him stepping in as mm. maybe not the Black Panther in name. But uh, like definitely in essence, because we've talked about in the past, uh, Skywalker almost being a a new version of Jedi, and and maybe they become the Skywalkers. Um, so to that same idea, maybe Black Panther becomes the name of of the the group of people that are are living in Wakanda. They are they are the Black Panther. Right, they all are the Black Panther. I could see them maybe going that. I route. would see them sooner. Yeah, I would sooner. I would sooner see them calling Black Panther T'Challa, right? Like, and it's no longer called Black oh, Panther, right? Like, he's no longer. You are, the, you're you're the are T'Challa. Yeah, you're T'Challa, right? Like, you're T'Challa. Oh, I like right? that too. I like that too. Yeah. Oh, so. wow. Um, you know, hopefully uh, Ryan Coogler's. He has know, a task. Working man. hard. I'm he has sure. A task. He's got, it's going to be a hard. Huge, yeah. huge task. It's really Daunting. tough. Yeah. Um. Kind of just really quickly, guys, just to round out here, we got Blade. Uh, you know, um, they announced that a while ago. Mahersha Ali is going to be involved. Um, Captain Marvel 2, uh, we've got Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania, which sounds like a wrestling thing. Uh, Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy Volume 3, which is going to be in 2023. Um, and Fantastic Four, uh, finally confirmed to be into the MCU. Guys, what of these movies excites you the oh, most? Well, they, they're all exciting, man. Like, Blade would be, mm-hmm. is going to be a fantastic, with, with Mahershala Ali, like, that's a great casting. Obviously, there's nothing mm-hmm. to yeah. show other than the fact that they're still working on it, and they still have everyone attached to it, so that's good to know. Uh, Captain Marvel 2, like, like I, I'm, I'm interested to see if this is really going to, I think Monica Rambeau is going to be more of the torch passer in this one uh, yes. versus then uh, Miss Marvel. Cause I think Miss Marvel is going to be her own character, but she's, she's yes, here. Cause she's, she's, she's a very different power set than, than Captain Marvel. Right. She just idolizes her as, as, as a right. Oh, yeah, okay. exactly. She's a fan. Okay. So, so Monica Rambeau is definitely going to be the tort is the one that's getting the torch pass to in this one. Cause I, I don't know if we'll, I'm surprised that Brie Larson isn't like, she might be contractually obligated to at least three movies. Right, but right. is that is that already taken care of now that she did Avengers, uh, you know, Endgame as well? Like she she was she was in right. that. So yeah. sometimes those movies count. Um, so she could be um, moving on. But I think Tiana Paris uh, is is in uh, is in Wandavision. Yes. Um, yes, and we talked about her in the trailer. Um, so to see her as a grown up Monica Rambeau, Rambeau there uh, coming into Captain Marvel two, I think. Absolutely. Like, right. Like we're establishing again, yet again, a, a passing of the torch. Um, but uh, that's interesting. So, Justin, are you saying Brie Larson doesn't want to keep doing these Captain Marvel? Movies? I'm wondering, kind of though, I'm wondering if that's you're getting? The, I'm wondering if that's the impression or if it's more or less the idea that, like, you know, 
I think there's there there are people that are just like they don't want to necessarily be attached to just doing superhero movies. Do you know what I mean? I could right. see Brie Larson being that kind of person who's like, I want to do my con- contribution, but I don't want to necessarily feel obligated or contractually tied to having to do it. But she wants to set the right precedent. She enjoys the messaging, so she's finding her way to do that kind of to do that in this in this sort of capacity. So she might be passing the torch because Monica Rambeau's character, I think, is. I don't know, far cooler than Captain Marvel to a certain degree. Like, yeah, like, like it's again, it's weird. I can't remember how her, she got her powers, uh, but she's a being of a pure light. So much like how Captain Marvel got her powers from the quantum energy or whatever that she was exposed to uh, from the Kree, uh, Monica Rambeau was in a similar sort of accident and was converted into pure energy. So she is even stronger than Captain Marvel in that she is just energy. There is nothing else to her but energy. So she wow. is. She can manipulate all types of wa- waves and radioactive and ma- electromagnetic stuff just because of the properties of her being. So there's a lot of potential with that character to explore. Um, again, it goes more into they go more sciencey because again she's related to the Ultimates team with Doctor Brashear and all this stuff. So it opens up another aspect and avenue to characters we haven't even heard in the MCU yet. So. It's very, it's very neat to see that she's going to be starting to get the spotlight. That's good. Well, like Ant Man and the Wasp with, like Quantum Mania, which was like a wrestling thing, like WrestleMania. Quantum Mania. Like so, so Kang the Conqueror is in this film, which yes. like Darcy isn't he known like a huge... time traveler? Yeah. So okay, okay. So he is he is known for messing around with the time the, the most out of any Marvel villain or character for that matter. Uh, he's he has conquered through generations or civil like eras. He has had a presence in and conquered to some extent. So he is a very, very big hand in messing up the timelines. He's also one of the most powerful enemies that the Avengers have faced because of his ability to access pro- uh, everything across time. So he could be the next Thanos level enemy. But that's what I'm wondering. Like, it's crazy that like you know that we're talking about a a high tier villain like that, and he's being introduced through Ant Man. Well, I mean, uh, Thanos was introduced through Guardians of the Galaxy, which when it was first released was just considered a joke of a movie because you had a a, a talking raccoon in a tree. Sure. Like, there's sure. Yeah. The comics are inherently ridiculous. Yeah, but his his first his first reveal though, Thanos' first reveal was the end of Avengers, right? Right, it was the in twenty twelve when he's on that rock. Like, yes, you're not introduced to to his character, like you know, with talking lines, but you get introduced to the idea that he's in the universe in an Avengers movie, right? Like, he was the one who brought that war on the Avengers. Like, you established that. So, Kang the Kang the Conqueror. I, I imagine he's huge. He's massive. Doesn't he have Galactus and Silver? There aren't there Galactus uh, connections. He's manipulated Galactus before. He's manipulated. He's manipulated a lot of the big baddies in the in the Marvel, you know, uh, universe. Because uh, he is. He just has a. He is one of the smartest villains that they'll face, and that he knows how to use time against anyone, and how he can go from one. He'll introduce technology from one era to another to completely overturn it. Um, wow, that's really cool. So that is kind of his whole shtick is using technologies from other eras to his advantage in the era that he's currently trying to dominate. Uh, so I think that's neat because Quantum Mania. I mean, it makes sense with the Ant Man and the Wasp being his introduction because of their time, their connection to the time travel. Yeah, absolutely. Like we wouldn't yeah, have gotten yeah, time travel sense. without them. So yeah. that that makes sense to me that they introduce him here because again, it makes the most sense. The only other place I could see them potentially nodding to him or alluding to him would be in the Loki TV, uh, series. Yes, I was just because about of to say it, that. Uh, because yeah. of that that TVA being so adamant to get about keeping the timeline in in its order i feel like kang would probably be on the top of their enemy list 
even just a name thrown away, I wouldn't be surprised if we got that. And with the acting capabilities of Jonathan Majors, uh, who I love in Lovecraft Country, if you haven't already watched Lovecraft Country, please watch Lovecraft Country. Um, he is such he is such a powerful presence on screen that I love that idea of that contrast between the comedic aspects of of Ant Man and the Wasp that we've seen in their previous in the previous movies. And and this this acting force that is Jonathan Majors, um, I think is super cool, and I I really like the idea that I, I I mean I really hope, but I really like the idea that we're we're speculating that he's not a one off villain. He's going to be brought, you know, maybe he is the next Thanos. Yeah, I, I totally think he might be the next Thanos. Even because going back to your Young Avengers uh, comments earlier, he mm-hmm. he's been a, a villain against the Young Avengers in their their comic line. So like there are. He is a villain across generations of the Marvel universe. He has fought pretty much everyone at some point. So he is yeah, he is no small fish by any means. Well, other than, you know, that being a very revelating uh part of of the, you know, who we're seeing in these movies, you know, you got Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which we know James Gunn is going to be coming back to do, which you know, we haven't seen anything. We don't know anything. So we're just going to wait for suicide. It's the Squad. furthest out, right? It's the furthest 2023? out. Yeah. And then you got Fantastic Four, which I am like, you know, the fact that they, that John Watts is on board to direct just makes me feel like they want to capture what they, the world that they created in Spider-Man and then bring it over to Fantastic Four so they can still keep it in that pocket right like i don't I, I wonder if 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 he's going to treat it like a bit of a spin-off do you know what i mean like i i think he totally will i mean given just even just the history of the characters association with the fantastic four like spider-man has been on the fantastic four at some point so even if he's not in it at all he's best friends with uh the human torch like he has a kid there's kids on the or growing up in fantastic four there was the kid in johnny johnny torch that everyone associated with so just having him come back to do maybe more of a family aspect or sure. thing yeah. seems it makes a lot of sense like yeah, he's going to yeah. be able to continue that like you said that 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 world where like it's the young heroes trying to find their way in this yeah. crazy world and that's and thing. that's that's actually a question could they do a young version of of fantastic 4 based on what has been done in the comics like do you do, it, is there uh, enough there yes there is i mean like when the fantastic four started they were technically kids like we've seen so we've seen their origin done a couple times uh now and the one where most recently where they were younger was closer to their original uh like uh adventure and uh, origin story the cool thing about all of this is that i love how we've gotten to this point in the marvel cinematic universe that we've gotten audiences or they they you know marvel's gotten audiences so comfortable with the aspect of multiverses the aspect of uh going to space and it really does feel like you know looking at the order of these films and seeing guardians 3 at the end of this slate and fantastic four at the end of this slate um i feel like that's we're you know we're just going to keep going into space um and and i i'm excited about that i'm excited about kind of exploring those those weird aspects um, of all of these Marvel properties. Uh, but guys, let's dive right into the Star Wars stuff. Of course, we some of this we already knew. Um, like, for instance, uh, they confirmed the new Star Wars feature uh, we, that is going to be made by Taika Waititi. Um, and, quote, Taika's approach to Star Wars will be fresh, unexpected, and unique. 
his enormous talent and sense of humor will ensure that audiences are in for an unforgettable ride. Uh, Justin, what do you want out of a Taika Waititi Star Wars movie? I th- I think they they described it fresh, unexpected, and unique. Do you know what I mean? I think that's yeah. what Star Wars kind of needs right now. Needs mm-hmm. right, yeah. like from especially from a movie standpoint. Like I think with Taika Waititi, like it's the best buy-in. People love Taika, right? Yeah, and people like Star Wars, so they'll be more open to it. I just hope I just hope that he really does the job that I think we've talked about in the past, which is let's get away from. Let's get away from the Skywalkers, right? Like, let's go to the far reaches of the well, that's, galaxy that's, yeah. and and maybe even give us, you know, similar to what we got in Rebels. Give us a whole new group of people. And you know what? If you don't, if you want to reference lightsabers, if you want to reference droids, absolutely. Go for it. Even the Force. I don't care. But let's just get away from the Skywalkers because we can explore that in, in maybe a few other things just a little bit more. But I want fresh, all right? I want that unexpected. I think that's going to be so cool. Yeah, I think that's that's the selling point for me, at least. So uh, I just think that I'm looking forward to it. Again, the way he, he took on Thor and completely changed everyone's expectations of what that character was about. I think that he's going to be a really fresh take on like the Star Wars genre. Again, there's a whole galaxy that we haven't explored yet. And I think he can find a cool corner to really flesh out and create for himself. Yeah, very cool. And I mean, we I remember that scene in the I think it was the episode he directed. Was that the scene of the Mandalorian with the two stormtroopers that cold open where they're trying to shoot the can? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, he directed that, yeah, right? Yeah. So like if that's the kind of comedy that we're going to get in a in a Star Wars movie, like some of that sort of Thor, you know, Thor comedy that we saw, I am I am so, so in, and I hope there's somebody with a New Zealand accent, uh, and he's going to be playing them. Um, and then Rogue Squadron, uh, Star Wars film to hit the big screen in uh, Christmas of 2023. It's going to be a long wait for it. But guys, Rogue Squadron movie, Patty Jenkins is is going to be uh, introducing a story with a new generation of starfighter pilots as they earn their wings and risk their lives in a boundary-pushing high-speed thrill ride uh, and move into the saga into the... F- Sorry, move the saga into the future era of the galaxy. That's that's really interesting. The future era of the galaxy, guys. Is this post episode nine? I think so. I do think so. Really? I, I think that. Wow. I think the intent here is to almost do like a Top Gun, uh, ro- you know, Star Wars movie, right? Like it, it kind of sounds like it could be, you know, something like that, right? But oh, you know, love real it. real conviction. In the little uh, trailer that I guess they released of of Patty Jenkins kind of announcing this project. You know, she made a very yeah. big point of pointing out that her her father was 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 a fighter pilot as well. Um, yeah. And there was this deep connection of wanting to tell a story in that world and then applying it to Star Wars just made sense, right? Like it's just it's right. It's the place that a story it, like that can live. It really does when you think about how right. uh, George Lucas was very inspired exactly. by the, the the Air Force and how like they each of the pilots brought personality to their their craft and, and everything like yeah. that. So yeah. it definitely is the the avenue to explore that type of story in the Star Wars universe. And anytime a director makes like a very like personal connection like that, I feel like there's great intention to put love into that movie. So I feel mm-hmm. like this movie will be yeah. done with that sort of sentiment from her. And it'll just have the nuance of Star Wars. And it might be really refreshing to see a very Star Wars universe with no one that is actually force sensitive or a Jedi. Mm-hmm. And just give just us sure. a bunch of pilots, pilots. Who are good at flying. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. like a Rogue yeah. One, but like they don't die at the end. Right? And <laughs> become useless. Spoilers for Rogue One. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I, I think that would be absolutely fantastic and i think to your point justin her being the right person 
Um, you know, because I think we 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 definitely felt uh, some Star Wars fatigue and seeing all this stuff announced and having it be released in such rapid succession, I'm assuming um, it, it, it lends the, the thought to the idea that it's possible we might end up um, starting to feel that fatigue again. But maybe the fact that we are getting those fresh people like Taika and, and now Patty Jenkins, uh, it'll help uh, help it to sort of continue staying fresh you know maybe that means that won't happen yeah. even with such a fast release pace. I, I also think it's just it's just people taking it outside of the mold of what might be existing right like not to say that yeah. you know jj abrams didn't do a great job making uh force awakens and rise of skywalker fit with the existing trilogy so it could it could end it but that's all that was intended to do the, the real thing is, is that star wars needs to just branch off and tell new stories outside of that skywalkers have influenced the galaxy and they could be hinted right. at and mentioned but there doesn't need to be stories that are about the skywalkers or stories about just jedi and dark side and good side there's there's other stories in this galaxy so start introducing that and i think that's the approach that they're starting to realize that they can do very cool and speaking of of other stories uh we talked about the what if series uh for marvel honestly star wars visions sounds so cool. Uh, so presenting presenting all new creative takes on the galaxy far, far away. Star Wars Visions, Visions will be a series of animated short films celebrating Star Wars through the lens of the world's best anime creators. Uh, it's going to be an anthology series with 10 episodes. Um, and again, just offering a fresh and sort of diverse cult- cultural perspective. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. I'm a huge fan of anime. I probably, I probably geek out of that a bit harder than Marvel now. I'm a huge fan of it. What I really thought was cool in that one little like uh, clip we saw of Kathleen announcing it um, was the fact that uh, there was the one shot almost looked like of like a samurai like cleaning his or like sharpening his blade on a whetstone. Like I feel like we're gonna get a a samurai take on it more in these visions and like it's a lot of the the. The lone warrior uh, mythos that comes from Star Wars was was heavily drawn from the the Japanese culture. So I can't wait to see them almost get that back and then explore, like you said, new stories with that. I'm really looking forward to it. There's actually like I think Star Wars isn't as popular in East Asia as some would think, right? Like it, it is mm-hmm. popular, but it's not like how it is over here, right? No, or no, like it's not right. a phenomenon that right. we know it as. Like I would say Marvel and Transformers are far as far and Fast and Furious are far more successful yes. American properties than mm-hmm. uh, than Star Wars. Um but yeah, the Star Wars Visions is, is reminds me of like the Animatrix where they did like these offshoot inspired stories from from the from the lore, but it was like an anime Japanese style sort of take on it. I, I'm excited to yeah. see that. And I think, yeah, to Nate's point, it, it kind of feels like that what if version of Star Wars. Right. Because I don't think it's going to be canon, but um, or maybe it will be. But I, 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 I there was a video from about five years ago on YouTube that somebody put out that was just a um, it was a TIE fighter pilot uh, and it was done in an anime style. It was so cool. And I, I, I have to imagine that somebody at Lucasfilm saw that and was like, oh, we're doing that. Um, so I am super stoked. No, no date on that just yet. Um, but uh, but kind of continuing on here, um, you know, sticking with animation. Guys, the Bad Batch, the Bad Batch, probably everyone's favorite back. part. Right, the favorite part oh, of the Clone Wars—they yeah, were the highlight of this last right? season, yeah, uh, of the last season, guys. Um, I mean, we watched that trailer. First off, what are your thoughts on the trailer? 
epic. Yeah, I thought it was epic. I can't wait to see more of the Empire's rise to the, the Empire that we know in Episode 6 or 4. Like A New Hope, right. they're already in power. And at the end of the Revenge of the Sith, we, they, they're just getting there. We, we have that whole gap that we haven't seen uh, how they did it. And I, this show, I think, will really show us how they, how they went about consolidating their their grip on the on the galaxy so i think that's really gonna be a cool uh, adventure but that's that's feloni man like feloni mm-hmm. always sees that those little pockets of times and says we could tell a story right here a story mm-hmm. that happens in between here to help round out this 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 f- timeline of skywalker yes right but just you know offshoot stories that are are in there Right. That's what he's Mm -hmm. doing with the Mandalorian. And I think the fact that these, you know, for those who aren't fully aware, the Bad Batch, they're they're members of the clone army. They're defects. They all have their own various looks and personalities um, and 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 traits. But the fact that they don't have an inhibitor chip, I think really, to your point, Darcy, it allows them to be the characters to be the vessel for the audience to to see these parts mm-hmm. of the empire where we normally wouldn't get to see that because we're always fighting the empire. We don't actually get to, so they're still going to be, you know, characters we want to root for, but they're going to be there, you know, sort of undercover witnessing these events take place. I am, I am so stoked for yeah, that. That's I'm, so, I'm so looking cool. forward to it a lot. There's again, that, that time frame has, it hasn't really Potential. been explored. And, a lot. Yeah. There's a lot to explore. Yeah. And especially because they probably are going to go rogue. Right, like in the sense that they're oh, yeah. they're gonna yeah. they're gonna try to get off the radar, and I love the look of their leader who looks like he's for, like Stallone's Rambo. Rambo. Yeah, like yeah, he's just, Rambo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> he is yeah, Rambo. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. And Fennec Shand uh, making an appearance. Did you guys yeah, catch yeah. that? It looks like it's mm-hmm. Fennec Shand. Is it? Is it? Mm-hmm. it it's, it's the same it's, helmet at least that we saw. Yeah. Or wear. So I can only assume it's Fennec. It's got to be right. It's got to be a younger Fennec Shand, and it just what a great time to to bring in that character into the animated series when we've just gotten, you know, a really great episode of her in The Mandalorian. It's just perfect timing. Um, guys, going back to Kamino, uh, oh, I'm so stoked. The way that they ended that with the logo burning away just to reveal the mm-hmm. Bad Batch, well, like, see, so- as if to say like they're just going to completely just, you know, blow things out of the water, right? So then, guys, um, moving into, of course, we all knew it, uh, Ahsoka, right? Um, I think this is something that, you know, after seeing Rosario Dawson uh, in that episode of The Mandalorian, we all very much called it like this is going to be a series. This has to be a pilot. And of course, Dave Filoni and John Favreau are going to be uh, executive producing it. Um, so, you know, I think that's going to be really, really, really cool to kind of see them, um, you know, continue with that character. Do we think that Thrawn is going to be more involved in there and less involved in Mando 100%. now that this series yes. has been announced? Yeah. Yeah, 100%, yeah. especially because the last time we saw Ahsoka and Rebels, she was with Sabine looking for Ezra and Thrawn. Like, that's still... Right. They're still using that story thread to drive her character forward, I think. Well, mm-hmm. And then, you know, um, Kathleen Kennedy had mentioned the, the next series, Rangers of the New Republic, which is set within the timeline of The Mandalorian. Um, new live-action series, again, Favreau, Filoni. Uh, and, and the fact that it will intersect with future stories and culminate into a climactic story event uh i mean i i've definitely talked about this in the past right like my theory of like 100 percent. if they're going to be bringing on these stories that are all happening in the same timeline that's going to be your oh well yeah no i'm excited to see that but i'm i'm 
I'm subscribed to Disney Plus because they announced that crossover episode, right? We see this a lot with the DC um, the universe stuff, stuff and, yeah. and their CW stuff. So to get that, but at a scale that Disney can produce and Lucasfilm can produce, I am I am so excited. But guys, my real question for Rangers of the New Republic, is this going to be Cara Dune? Yeah. Is Cara Dune involved in yeah. this? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking for sure. If not her, we will see other marshals of the republic because that's like the only thing i could think of they're they're the cowboys in this new galaxy and do we get paul son uh hyun like back yeah, again no, right like would, is he gonna i think be... he'd be he'd be in there uh making an appearance i think there'd be a lot more people like that do you know what i mean like a lot more right? of a sort of thing could we get bill burr you know right right as an as uh find a, his I, way I, back I, find his way over to them after his yeah, yeah. after his freedom basically yeah, yeah, yeah. oh so cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, again, Cara Dune is such a cool idea of somebody coming from Alderaan. I think is so unique and interesting and, again, fresh for the Star Wars universe. So really, really interesting to see that. Um, but, guys, let's go back a little bit. Let's go back in time um, because everyone, you know, we don't, we don't care. We don't want to see what that era of the Star Wars universe holds. We want to go back to an era that is, is going to be before Episode Four with Andor. Um, now, Justin, I know in the past <laughs> I've talked to you about your, you know, we have a whole episode uh, that if you're listening right now, you should check out about uh, our, our movie combat with uh, Rogue One versus Solo. Um, this is going to be a tense, nail-biting spy thriller. But I think the most important thing that I think, Justin, maybe I'll be able to pull you back in, Tony Gilroy, as we know from the Born Identity series um you know i think that's is that enough to pull you in to say well, he saved yep, he you much, are down now he pretty much saved uh rogue one originally from from the mm-hmm. original yes. director so he wrote he wrote a lot of additional scenes and he was directing the reshoots so i think the fact that this show's being done and the reasons why this show's being done is a testament as to why rogue one wasn't as good of a movie because <laughs> the fact is is that okay, they please. they're justifying he's justifying the fact that he wants to tell more stories of this character cuz it was one movie and his character was dead and there was nothing to really share and there was so much more or or was it or was it that rogue one was so interesting that people want to see more stories of these characters right but i i would want to see more i would want to see more of some of the other characters from rogue one but again granted i i appreciate though the effort that they're going into with this from that little scissor wheel that they showed there's they're they're making headway on production designing mm-hmm. these characters and 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 so so there is going to be a level and the fact that um diego luna is actually like executive producer to the project that means that there's you know there is that intent for him to want to tell a really uh compelling story of this character so uh, i'm on board with the idea of 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 the series uh it could be really interesting and darcy darcy do we get a live action chopper making a return is that what we're gonna see I, I would be on board for that in a heartbeat. <laughs> right? Yeah, that, right. Would, that would be great. Filoni yeah. voices. That, that'd be great. Uh, I think what's really cool about Andor is, again, that, that potential to explore the Empire. Because like, mm. we don't really get to see the Empire unless they're the bad guy. And again, they're going to be the bad guy in this. But being a spy thriller, he's going to be trying to infiltrate the, these facilities and these these installations. So I am really, it'll be interesting to see how, how the uh, uh, Empire was operating uh, and how they would deal with, you know, the spy that's out there. If he got around and was doing this for a while, he must be on some watch list, you'd think. So it'll be interesting to see. Again, I, I like learning more about the Empire because we just know that they're the evil. Yeah, that's yeah. about it. So yeah, we want to see that period of time before, right? Because like Rogue One does mm-hmm. give you that window solo a little bit even more. So, mm-hmm. right. But like, but they both give you that, that, that transition from three to four 
which to your point is with Bad Batch, it hasn't been very much explored. So again, it's them honing in on these pockets of time that make it very interesting for storytelling within Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, do we see, um, you know, are we going to see Lando, uh, you know, kind of in some part of this? Um, Lando was announced, uh, you know, it will return uh, in a new series um, for Disney Plus. Justin Simeon, uh, who was the creator of Dear White People uh, and a huge Star Wars fan, is in early stages in developing this project. So, you know, again, are we going to be getting because because Lando as a character, I, I, I mean, we've we've seen him in episode nine. He, he really could show up anywhere. Uh, where do you guys think Lando is going to be taking place? And that's a curious thing that you bring up because they like. All the other stuff on here, they usually mention the cast, like uh, casting and stuff like that. And the fact that they don't mention either Billy D or Donald Glover, really, it's I don't know. It's up in the air. When will this Lando story take place? I mean, in that right. one little sizzle reel shot they showed, it was the uh, like Lando's Falcon. So, are we going to be exploring young Fal- young Lando when he's he has possession of the Falcon? What Kathleen mm. Kennedy confirmed in the in the presentation. No, she didn't. She didn't mention it. I don't think. At least I remember watching that and kind of being surprised that they didn't mention. They mentioned, she mentioned all about the director and how he has a vision for the story to, to explore Lando's some more because he's such a colorful and vibrant character. But they didn't. She didn't mention either of the two actors who portrayed him. So it's uh it's interesting that that they didn't do that. I mean, maybe it's just a given that'll be Donald Glover. But uh, again, who knows. And then, guys, um, you know, before we move on to probably, I think, one of the bigger pieces of news, um, let's just really quickly talk about The Acolyte. Leslie Headland, Emmy Award-nominated creator of the mind-bending series Russian Doll, which I've heard is phenomenal, um, brings a new Star Wars series to Disney Plus with The Acolyte, which is a mystery thriller that will take viewers into the galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the high republic era which we know is a book sort of area that they're they're looking to explore with the books uh, what is what's going on here what is the acolyte have we heard of acolytes before uh in the extended universe and some of the the current canon that they've talked about acolyte has always been associated with the dark side obviously okay uh it's i believe um Saj Ventress was considered a dark acolyte at some point of potential. I think it was Count Dooku or Darth. So it's kind of like a Padawan. It's their version Uh, of a Padawan. Okay. What's interesting is like they're saying it's set 200 years before. So this is like, I'm interpreting this as like beginning of the world too. Like when everyone thought the Sith was gone, but now we're starting to see them maybe creep up again. And it seems like it's a very interesting path to explore because again, the acolyte in Star Wars canon has always been associated with dark side powers. So Hmm. It'll be really interesting to see that era because again, that's one of that's one of the fan favorite eras of the extended universe through the games and books. Uh, so there's a, a rich lore to dive into there, and I think it's really exciting to think that they're finally going to be tapping into that uh, on the screen. Well, yeah, they're tapping into it in two ways, right? Like because Nate was pointing out, like the high the 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 High Republic era is is Disney and Lucasfilms like their their 200 year ahead right because they're not they're not looking at old republic as part of canon right they're not looking at that part of history and and stuff i think some of the characters like darth bane i think was one darth bane i believe darth revan has also been brought back into canon too yeah so i think i think some of those characters are showing up it's just so that they can anchor the point of when this is all happening but yeah to your point like it's going to be really interesting to see how uh fans will appreciate that 
that sort of representation of that part of time. I feel like the extended universe is clearly in their minds and they're going forward developing new series and stuff like that because the way Kathleen Kennedy leads off basically saying that they have such a rich like pool of knowledge they can dive into. Like yes, all the extended universe is now considered legends, but that's not to say that they can't bring some of that in. Of course, uh, it's Thrawn. theirs. Thrawn yeah. recently is the being brought back in is Ma- massive because he was a huge huge uh driver of that original extended universe um going forward in the, in the novels so yeah. and i uh, love the idea i love the idea that again it's going to be we're going to get to see a humanized story from the dark side mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. going to get to you know almost like a breaking bad sort of idea we're going to get to see this this person that's probably going to do awful things but we're going to understand a lot of the motivation yeah, that we're going to see that, that they're a person things, just like everybody else that we've seen in right? Star Wars. Like they, they are I people behind those so masks. Cool. Mm-hmm. So cool. Um, and guys, speaking of people behind the mask, uh, huge, probably one of the, the biggest things to come out of this announcement. It's going to be the last thing we're going to talk about uh, for tonight. Uh, you know, this epic, massive list of <laughs> announcements. Guys, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Ewan McGregor returns in the iconic role of Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi for a special event series um, officially titled Obi-Wan Kenobi. So we know the title now. We knew it was a series before. It begins 10 years after the dramatic events of Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, where he defeated, uh, where he faced his greatest defeat, the downfall and corruption of his best friend and Jedi apprentice, Anakin Skywalker, who will be returning, played by Hayden Christensen guys this is a fan's dream come true because I I think for so many Star Wars fans they've they've there's been so much backlash against Hayden Christensen who I think and I think you guys would agree did a phenomenal job with what he was given with what he was and I think I I think if if anything I really just I believe this is going to be a way for Hayden to to portray the character in in a a better a better written way with better dialogue, and I think it's going to be a masterful performance. Guys, are you stoked to see Hayden Christensen come back? As well, you, got, you got a lot of hope there, but I, I'm I'm just more concerned about like. <laughs> You know, how is he coming back? Is it visions? Mm-hmm. Are there conversations? Like I've heard it twice re- referenced that it's it's the ultimate rematch, and I'm like, what? Like, why is there a rematch? Right. It, doesn't that make some sort of disconnect between his timeline and Episode Four when they do see each other for the first time? Like, no, I mean, he, they don't say that it's been 20 years since I last saw him. He said it's been some time since I felt this presence. So it's that's it's still very vague as to how long it's been since he's seen Obi Wan. And if this series stays at, at that timeline, doesn't go any further than 10 years, then it's a long time is 10 years. I mean, mm-hmm. think about it. He's human. That is a while since you've met someone or seen someone. So I can see him I, possibly fighting again, and maybe we'll get a more a more vigorous Darth Vader versus well, Obi-Wan. Much, yeah. As opposed to the stick-poking that we got in, in uh, Episode 4. So Yeah, and I think Kathleen was referring to the rematch of Episode 3, right? Like that battle, it, yeah. it's, this, it's that happening again. Um, I, I just, I hope we get a lot of off-helmet stuff, right? Because again, I think it's it's another opportunity for Hayden to kind of, 
show his chops. I mean, Justin, you met the guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know him personally. Uh, you you sold a computer to him. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I just think he's such a cool guy. I I I just I feel like he's gotten a pretty rough. Uh, you know, maybe not as bad as some people in 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 the fandom, but he's definitely gotten no, a rough. He's definitely go. not. He's, uh, he's not let it face you know? him. He made, he walked out of that thing great, man. He made a lot of money. Good for him. But that mm-hmm. it's not it's not on him. It was on George, right? And yeah. and and the ability that George just wanted to own every part from writing to directing, and that no one challenged him and said, "Shouldn't we get someone to write this properly?" Like this is a really great right. treatment, George. But I'm going to give it to someone else to do a better job with it. Like there's just no one that right. was going to do that because which he was he wasn't able to do that in the original trilogy because he wasn't he wasn't George Lucas at that point. And so obviously you're right. Like by this point, he was like, "Star Wars two, is mine. I'm going to be doing this yeah. the way I want to be doing it." That's yeah. That. Lawrence Kasdan comes in and he's like, "Nah, it's okay, Lawrence." Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah exactly. Just, right. You didn't even right. ask. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, that being said, I don't think that it was. It's it, it's for all the actors. Natalie Portman's a great actress. Liam Neeson's a fantastic actor. Phenomenal, right? Yeah. Ewan McGregor, an amazing actor as well, and he's probably the yeah. best to come out of that trilogy in terms of like really owning his role. Yeah, but yeah, like it's it's interesting that they've 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 built the hype by just saying you know Hayden Christensen's coming back. Yeah, outside the whole Darth Vader thing, what I'm really wondering is what. What stories can they explore on Tatooine? Because Obi Wan has been—it's been said that like once he goes to Tatooine with Luke, he stays on Tatooine. He doesn't leave there. He—that's—he's protecting Luke. That is his role now. Right. So yeah. outside of that, like Darth Vader showing up, I don't know what else is going to happen in that story. Like, it's well as do I care about? Like, we've seen him fight Darth Maul on Tatooine already. I don't see him. Like, I don't know what else I want to see him fight on Tatooine. It doesn't make any sense. Right. And and, and with the inclusion of, of bringing over Ahsoka into live action and continuing that story, clearly we're getting a, a very clear direction of, of, of Lucasfilm saying those stories are canon. We're not redoing those stories in live action. So we're not going to get to see that epic fight again in live action. We'll, we'll have seen, I guess, what leads up to maybe some of those moments. Maybe, maybe Obi-Wan or maybe Darth Maul will be somewhere involved in this. Uh, which I think could be very interesting. Uh, that, that's interesting. I don't like. You think he would be involved in this Obi Wan series in some capacity? It's possible that there could be hints of him just with everything that happened in Rebels, right around sure, that time, sure. and with him searching for him. Sure. Yeah. I guess that's that is true. Yeah, that was a huge part of Rebels. So, um, right. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think I think it would be goes back to the argument I made with Rogue One. You're trying to introduce new narrative elements that might challenge existing narrative elements. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's gonna be very tricky. I think the setup for A New Hope was that this was a master who hadn't seen his Padawan in several years. Is there a chance now that they might rewrite something here? Like, I don't know. And is, is, I, I feel like Hayden's going to come back as a ghost. Mm-hmm. I don't see why they would put him stick. Cause once Darth Vader is in the suit, we'd be getting James Earl Jones. So bringing back Hayden Christensen for like that type of performance, he would just be the body. And I don't know if, if they necessarily need him for that or he'd want to. But he's not dead. At, he's not dead at this point. No, but he is. Force ghosts are still what they perceive themselves as, so he still projects right. as what he thinks okay. Anakin is. So it, it wouldn't be the Anakin that we saw at the end, like uh, end of Revenge of the Sith, but it would still be an Anakin to some extent. We won't see Darth Vader's mask in the Force because that's not part of him. That's well, that's that's also a really alive. good point, though, that you point out. Like if you're bringing back Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader, and Darth Vader's voice is James Earl Jones. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you can't it's it's going to be interesting. Why would you just bring him back to be the body actor? 
right? Yeah, it just it doesn't it doesn't line up when when you make that announcement. But there's no way that that they don't meet up physically though with Kathleen Kennedy like driving home that aspect of like the rematch of the the century or whatever she says, right? Like like I I, I they definitely are going to see each other physically and fight. So so you're right though, but maybe maybe we get helmeted version and we get unhelmeted version in in visions maybe throughout the series uh he's haunting him in some way he can't take the helmet off without like dying essentially like he cannot last long when he takes the yeah, helmet that's why off. he has so the chamber we won't, we won't be seeing a physical like helmet off darth vader it'll be it'll be a, like a, a mental manifestation yeah sure. and i think that that maybe that's where they fight yeah I, really I mean, we've seen the, the we've seen the force becoming more and more diverse and, and yeah more of a, a space less than a power <laughs> So it could be a, in this force, a force battle. I'm wondering if that's what it is. Because every time Darth Vader goes into that chamber, he meditates. And, oh, and wow. Obi-Wan is encouraged in his time of isolation to meditate. What if they are speaking to each other through their mind, very similar to what we had seen with Rey and Kylo as kind oh, of Oh, I like, love that a lot. Do you know what I mean? Like as, yeah. this, as this idea of something that exists, you know, who's to say that we might not even see a Liam Neeson? you know pop in uh make wow. a cameo that'd, right that'd be awesome where where obi-wan speaks to him as a ghost right so because he does I mean, if that'd be a cool aspect to, to explore is because we never we haven't seen obi-wan and how he learned nope. how to become one with the force so right. a qui-gon introduction in that aspect would be the right way because if we know and qui-gon was so integral at the end of of what was season six i guess of of rebels where yoda goes on that adventure directly from qui-gon which justifies his line in in revenge of the sith so it it's it was cool that they kind of wrapped all of that in and i think that that's what obi-wan can do is it can kind of push that that sort of what the force and and whatnot that connectivity that it has so it'll be interesting I also think it would be really cool if they use that as a way to sort of explain some of his memory loss. Like like maybe his meditation and maybe his experiences he the has by, by, by going through this in the force. Yeah, the mental anguish maybe starts to affect his mind a little bit because when we see him in A New Hope, he's a very different Obi-Wan. Um, and that timing is not that far, right? So I think that would be... That, would, that could be really interesting to see if that's how they, they go about it. Especially with we've seen how like the, the aging effects that the Force can use. I mean, yes, it was like the way the Emperor became the shriveled husk that he is from exertion of the Force or exposure to the dark side. So maybe through this meditation is what ha- what ages him. Because, again, we've seen, we've wow, seen people yeah. in that timeline who 30 years later look fine. Boba Fett, like he was, he, he's fine. We saw, we've seen him grow up and stuff like that. And he aged normally. So mm-hmm. how would the Obi-Wan we saw at the end of three become the Obi-Wan we see in New Hope? It's right. In that'd that be interesting to see if a force, a force affects that in some that's way. That's really smart. That's a smart way to, to sort of make up for that, right? Yeah. Well, guys, holy geeks. Listen, if you have stayed with us all the way to now, first of all, thank you so much. Um, I, this is a, a lot of uh, stuff that we just had to talk about we couldn't not talk about but guys that is it for this epic bombshell news-filled magical episode of the geek centric podcast we hope you enjoyed this week's episode and if you did make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts we are geek centric and you can be too which means you can also check us out on youtube at youtube.com slash geek centric you can follow us on twitter at geek centric yt and follow us on instagram at we are geek centric 
Uh, of course, you can also catch me on my Twitch stream, Nate Plays Games, which is twitch.tv slash Nate Plays Games. Um, streaming schedule is is coming back. We, I've taken a bit of a, a little tiny break from it, but uh, going to come back with some Demon Souls, maybe some Cyberpunk. It's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, definitely check out that uh, and, and check out my Instagram, which is Nate.PlaysGames, uh, to be made aware of what's going on there. Justin, thank you so much for joining me. Darcy, thank you so much for coming back on and giving us all your comic book wisdom. It was a pleasure. I Again, I feel like I'm putting my knowledge to use for once, so that's nice. <laughs> the way that you were able to kind of bring up some stuff... Honestly, if you go back and you listen to you know the Marvel section, um, it, it it's cool to see that we we were able through this episode to not only theorize about the individual properties, but theorize about the entire phase or direction yeah. of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I honestly, going into this, didn't expect us to start to kind of come up with some of these revelations that we did. We just want to see them uh, come out on screen. Um, but geeks, listen, if you want to write in with some of your ideas on what you think is going to be happening in the, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe or the Star Wars Cinematic Universe, uh, please, please email us. Justin, where can they do that again? Uh, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. All right. Well, again, thanks everyone so much for joining us. And um, as we say, love ya. Laters. Peace.